I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Oh, hey, how you doing? Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight and the rest of the week here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Reed will be back this coming Monday. Toronto Blue Jays in action. They had a 3-1 lead on the Orioles. They have uh, now uh, blown that lead. It's 3-3. Top of the seventh in Baltimore, and just trying to get a score from the Mariners game in Chicago against the White Sox. White Sox, by the way, cleaned house today with their uh, upper management. They've been lousy for a while. Mariners are up 2-1, so uh, the Jays right now, one game back of the Mariners for that first, uh, sorry, third and final American League wildcard spot. So the Jays trying to reclaim that lead. Also today, the uh, Edmonton Oilers making some news. Tyler Wright out as director of amateur scouting. Rick Pracy in, has uh, 14 years experience, uh, sorry, 13 years experience with the Colorado Avalanche, including six seasons as director of amateur scouting, has been with the Philadelphia Flyers since the 2014 season and joins the uh, new regime led by CEO of Hockey Operations, uh, Jeff Jackson. want to mention this as well, that at the uh, World track and field championships uh, Edmonton's Marco Arop has cruised into the men's 800 meter semifinals uh, with the, at the world's in Budapest Hungary uh, Arop finished first in the in his heat today time of one minute four five point zero five seconds his time was second fastest across all heats Arop won the event in last year's world so a uh, good result so far on uh, for an Edmonton athlete uh, for uh, I just lost it. There it is. Marco Arup. There you go. And today, the uh, Edmonton Elks named Rick Lollisher, interim CEO, president and CEO, and new president will be named still, maybe by the end of the year. That's the plan. And, uh, of course, uh, we had a lot of coverage of Victor Quee's dismissal last week. I know Blake Dermott was a big part of that, uh, and uh, we'll talk about uh, the latest happenings, uh, which was uh, just not too long ago, uh, earlier today. Uh, Blake, uh, nice to talk to you again, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, thanks for having me on, Dave. Uh, so uh, I, I still can't believe the uh, we, you know, we, we got through a rain delay in Hamilton, uh, one hour and 47 minutes, which I was shocked that I had no idea it was that long. It felt shorter, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, uh, um, I, you know, I, I still think about 2018 when, you know, we did not have Brendan Escott as our host, and it was Morley and I, and I think we talked to you about, I don't know, seven times during that long delay, and, you know, it's just nice to have a little extra help this time. Let, let, let me know, say that. Well, Dave, I, I can always, I, I, I don't sort of look at a clock when that kind of thing happens. I just measure it by how many stories I've got left. And uh, <laughs> I was plumb out of stories by the time that game got back to uh, going in Hamilton. So it's a good thing. Well, thank goodness it did. Absolutely. And you can put those stories away now until we need them again for the next delay. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, I think Rick Rick Lawlisher's name was a name that I you know I heard floated around a lot last week, and you know, was, people asked me directly, "What do you think of Rick Lawlisher?" And I said, "Well." Again, I think he's retired, but if he wants to come back, I know how much he loves the city and how much he loves the league and how much he loves the Edmonton Elks organization. Uh, well, what, what, what do you think today? I mean, to me, it seems like that's the steady hand maybe this organization needs in the short term. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, when when we heard the news about Victor, I was talking with Morley, and, and that's exactly what Morley said. He said that it would be uh, Rick Lawlisher, and, and I... And I said, I, I hope it's not, uh, to be honest with you, because uh, there's, uh, there's less than two months in the season to go. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, it's like six weeks left in the season. And uh, to bring somebody else in at this point, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't see the point in doing that, especially when, you know, they made a big deal about uh, when Victor Quay was one of the ways of Victor Quay of, uh, of uh, having a management team, senior business, you know, management team, Within the organization that could handle the day-to-day operations, and and uh, so with the especially when you're looking at the time frame, I thought that made the most sense. Now I don't know what uh, um, uh, Rick Rogers is going to be getting paid, or if he's going to be getting paid at all. And I'm assuming he is. I just didn't see the benefit in bringing somebody in if, especially, he was not going to be there after the selection was done. So. You know, for, so from that standpoint, I'm uh, I'm, I'm surprised, and uh, and I and I, I I just think it was unnecessary to bring Rick Lawless for it, and I thought that the, the group that was there could have handled it. You know, I, I've had I've had heard that sentiment too, like not 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 just today, but last week uh, before you know this was you know when when the thought of an interim CEO uh, was was brought up by Tom Richards, the board chair, and. Tom had mentioned, well, that that person would be outside the organization. Well, what about your permanent? Well, that person would be outside the organization. So it's kind of like they're, you know, it's it's, it's a double whammy of someone that they're trying to find out from outside the organization, which I think some people kind of scratch their head about. Well, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, and, and one of the things that I respected about, uh, you know, Tom for a long time and, and the members of the board. I, I'm not familiar with members of the board, but I, I understand the selection of uh, of, uh, of Victor because when they when they uh, when they selected him, it was, it was because he was different. It was because he had different ideas, and he had he said you know the and, and even in the in the press conference they had that the the uh, you know, the, the CFL of football is basically a lot of recycled ideas, and, and they they clearly weren't working like they used to. So. So they really wanted to step outside, and it didn't work. Um, I mean, obviously they they are gone in another direction. But the first thing they do is they go back to the old way. You know that it was it to me didn't make it didn't make a lot of sense. Now everything you said about Rick Lawlisher, um and and uh, is is true. I mean, he loves the city. He uh, you know he was with the organization for an awful long time, and the organization saw some 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 great moments during that. So I, I have no question about that. I just it's 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 now it's not 10 years ago and you know they want to look forward and and, and look to the future and i'm just surprised by the decision and uh you know that that's just me and, and that's the way i feel 
Blake Dermott joins us uh, tonight here on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports, our Inside the Game analyst on Elks Broadcast. The next broadcast will be on Sunday at 3.30, countdown to kickoff. Brandon and Blake, Morley, uh, Scott and I, along with David Bowles on the uh, Elks sidelines, uh, who will be on the Elks sidelines, will bring in the call at 5 o'clock. In a, in a game where I call, uh, I, I, I deem it they're going to get, the Elks ha- are, are trying to give themselves an opportunity for another opportunity. You know, and they got their first win, finally. They're one in nine. Uh, importantly, that they're they're kind of hanging around the playoff conversation. They if they win on the weekend and get the out of town scoreboard to go their way again, and then they're really maybe uh, making a uh, a push for you know being in that playoff conversation. But so here we are. Uh, the Elks have looked maybe somewhat different or maybe just a little calmer or more confident on offense led by Trey Ford, who was named uh, to the honor roll this week for pro football focus as the top quarterback and the top player in the CFL last week. Uh, what, 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 what do you see out of that win? And I, more specifically, what are you seeing out of the offense now that, you know, Trey Ford's at the helm and, and what Jerry Jackson is giving him over the last couple of games? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm much happier with the way the offense has performed. Uh, uh, with the exception of the letdown in the second half against Winnipeg, uh, obviously they dominated the first half of that game. Exact same score uh, spread in the, in the game against Hamilton. So it wasn't a fluke the week before, which is what I was afraid of when you, when you have that kind of a game where you, you excel so, so, uh, uh, so much in the first half and then you just sort of disappear. Um, then I, I thought that there might be some long-term uh, mental, you know, effects with that. But obviously, it didn't. It, it almost made them hungry, I think. And, and they still didn't have a perfect game. I think they still didn't do anything in the third quarter. And, and you know, their kicker for Hamilton missed some kicks. But, but it, it, I never felt like they were not in control of that game. You know, and it never, even though they had some rough spots, then in the fourth quarter they seem to take over again. And uh, that's something we haven't seen. So you're right about them having a chance to have another chance or an opportunity to have another opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, maybe seven games ago or when I look at the schedule, though, this is a team that they're going to beat. That I really believe this is going to be the game. I'm not going to be talking or, or I don't feel that way anymore. This, this is, I, I think now they've become a truly competitive team. So, when you're, when you're, uh, there's been many games this year that they weren't competitive, but I think that they're competitive. And when they're playing teams now, um, that's all they want. They want to have a chance to be able to go out and have success. And I thought, you know, with what Jerry Jackson has done with the offense, and, and, he, and he said that he would try to call plays to the strength, you know, and, and, and coming out of that uh, first half against Hamilton and having the lead, I said, boy, they just cannot, they got it, can't take their foot off the gas, and I, they better come up with something new. And I believe the very first play that the Elks ran was a was a basically a Sally Rand, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, um, um, Trey Ford was gone. Like he just faked the handoff and the naked bootleg, like back to the 19, uh, 1993 season. You know that they used his strengths. They they allowed him to get out in space, and those are the kinds of wrinkles that we didn't see before. And uh, and not that they weren't there, but just the way the, the way the play calling went. And I think that. When uh, you just seem to think there's a lot of confidence with Trey Ford, you know, he, he bounced out of the pocket and threw that pass to Dunbar in the end zone. Dunbar was sitting there about two, three yards in and, and threw it with some uh, some force. And you know, just those kinds of creative things. And I, I think they're allowing him. They're not. They're not keeping the reins on him, which is what I was afraid that they might do. But. No, so I'm excited about that. And, of course, the defense was seven sacks last week and, and uh, you know, did a great job to, to, uh, in, in keeping Hamilton in check. And I, I, uh, 
I have no doubt that this next week, you know, against, against Ottawa, we're going to see the same kind of a game. You know, it's going to be a competitive game. And we know Ottawa has been doing really well. And the quarterback, Crum, has been playing really well. And, and uh, so this is going to be, you know, young quarterbacks, young teams, two teams that uh, are, are competitive now. And that's what people want to see. They want to see a chance for the Elks to win a game. Well, what do you think it does for this young locker room of the Elks who have played games this season and have come close in games and not not close in, in other games, but for the most part, they've had opportunity and they've been, you know, tied at the half or they had a lead at the half like they did against the Bombers or they're, you know, they're, they're down by one, you know, one point or even one score or, and then it falls apart in, in the second half. There's a lot of adversity in that game in Hamilton, and sitting around for an hour and 47 minutes isn't, isn't the, the best scenario. But what does it do for the young players on that team that, you know, it's almost like finally they, they, they experienced what it was like to kind of hang in there and stay steady and, and, and find a way to win a game? Well, those those lessons and those situations are invaluable, you know, for for a couple of things, you know, for team building, you know, because you're you're putting in an, an unbelievably adverse situation to begin with, going into the game with all of these losses, and then they pile on the adversity by delaying the game. And as you brought up during the game, that there was a potential if they called the game that they even if they're leading by you know the, the amount that they were leading, I think uh, twelve points, they could have still ended up with a tie in that thing. It was like. It was like a, a cruel joke uh, for the the situation could have been that way, but yeah. these guys seemed to hang together and pull together. And you know, I was uh, we had our alumni golf tournament uh, yesterday, and there was a number of players that were there. Uh, there was uh, um, uh, Taylor Cornelius and um, Jake Suresna, Ajay was there, Cordy, uh, Grahovic, uh, Vanderhoot, uh, Vandervoort, sorry, and and this one one other player I can't remember his name, but he was there. He ended up winning a, a six hundred dollar prize and. Those guys, and I had a chance to talk with them a little bit. They, uh, you know, they just they just seem like a, you know some of these guys that I just mentioned aren't on the roster. Some of them aren't in the starting positions, and there's some guys that are stars and starters, and they just seem to be really tight. And um, you know, they they seem to be, you know, a, a group of guys that were happy being in their company. And uh, you know, I talked about you know good luck and. Now you can start another string, and and that's the thing. You you, you get rid of end another string this week, and then uh, another streak, and then start a new one, and uh, go in the other direction. And I think they were all really, you know, they're all really positive and really hopeful that that's where where they're going. So I was, it was good to see them, uh, you know, out uh, out and away from the football uh, the football situation. All right. Well, it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting and intriguing game on Sunday against the Red Blacks. It's going to be a hot one too, Blake. So uh, bring your sunscreen, okay? <laughs> I'll be bringing lots of sunscreen. <laughs> Sounds good. See you. See you then, buddy. Have a good. Okay, talk to you soon. Yeah, uh, bye. Blake Dermott, are inside the game analyst here on uh, six thirty. Chad broadcast three thirty is the. Uh, Countdown to kickoff. Five o'clock is the kickoff. And a reminder for those of uh, those of you, the evacuees from the Northwest Territories wildfires. And if you're listening tonight, thank you very much. And I hope Edmonton has been a, a good host to you. And I hope uh, you know whatever you're going back to will be the best uh, situation and scenario for you. And you know, very concerned, obviously, for everyone uh, going through the wildfire situation. But if you uh, want to go to the game on Sunday, uh, you can. You can go to the Elks office. And if you show your evacuation wristband or your Northwest Territories driver license, I'll give you a ticket. And you can enjoy a uh, nice evening, afternoon, evening at Commonwealth Stadium as the Elks try to break some sort of win, uh, losing streak and start a win streak at home against the Red Blacks.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight and the rest of this week, 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. Oh, speaking of text, Kellen Kennedy. Hello. What, what do we have? We have text. Let's oh, go. <laughs> we got uh, Dale texting in saying, Trey Ford and Rick Lollisher, friggin' awesome. I am excited and reignited. Go Elks. That's from Dale. So Dale is faking today's move. Uh, thumbs up. So Yes, and I, I appreciate the positivity here and uh, and welcome it. And we haven't had a lot of it this year, so that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. We got our old buddy Matt in a culvert texting in tonight saying that he loved seeing Trey Ford get success at home last week. He is hoping that the momentum continues into this week against Ottawa. And he's predicting a 4-2 and two record for the Elks coming out of the next six games. 4-2 and two record. That would be... Uh... So that would be in the next six games, he said? Next six games, four and two. Okay, so the rough math would say that's five wins and ten losses, I guess. So, no, five, five and eleven. That's that's not bad. That's mm-hmm. that's better than that's better than what it was going to be and what we all thought it might be. And, you know, the scary thing is it could still be that way. So who knows? I mean, four and two would be good. And I think that's the key right now is we, we bring up playoffs and I keep saying the opportunity to give yourself another opportunity. And I think all of that is true. If they win, it's another win. But it's also improvement in the standings if they get things going their way on the out-of-town scoreboard. You know, the Calgary Stampeders with three wins playing the Toronto Argos. I like the Argos' chances. Yes. The Hamilton Tiger Cats with three wins are in BC to play the Lions. I like the Lions' chances. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Riders, they're on a bye. I think the Riders are honestly gone. I think they're not going to be able to be caught. And they have a four-point uh, or four-win gap, and they've already won the season series with the Elks. That's going to be extremely hard for the Elks to catch. But I think it's the crossover. That's what the Elks' uh, best scenario is if they have everything go their way. And right now they, they can't lose games and they can't have their the the people or the teams that they're catching lose games. And about Trey Ford, I'll just say this and you know, a lot of people not happy about just thirteen completions and eighteen attempts and under two hundred yards passing. You know, some people saying, Well it's not the same Trey Ford from Waterloo where he won the Heck Creighton trophy and I say, No kidding, it's not the same Trey Ford. It's there's a little bit of a step up in yeah. weight class here, Dave. <laughs> exactly. It's U Sports to the CFL. But we've seen how dangerous Trey Ford can be, but we also have seen how raw Trey Ford can be. He is mm-hmm. only going to start his sixth CFL start. He's going to have a sixth CFL start on Sunday. And Jarius Jackson, the new OC, is trying to work him along nicely. And remember this, too. If Eugene Lewis and Dylan Mitchell don't drop passes that were just on the money from Trey Ford near the goal line, Trey Ford is over 250 yards passing right. on 15 completions, and the Elks 
still with maybe Mark Leggio hitting three field goals and Tyreek McAllister, <laughs> you know, having a touchdown on a punt return, the Elks still might win that football game. It's kind of what it should have, but again, Trey Ford is showing nice balance and they're, you know, I think Jerry Jackson is doing a good job handling him. Oh, we're going to talk about uh, a great running story with Gene Principe next.